Officially bowl week, people. Get excited. The bad boy mowers. Pinstripe bowl in the Bronx. Syracuse. Minnesota. They're going to battle it out for who is the uh, greatest cold weather team on the face of the earth. Uh, Get excited. It's probably going to be what we're talking about all week, uh, at least up until Thursday. So uh, get excited, people. Come on, Owen. Are you pumped? I'm jazzed up, Bones. I am jazzed up. It's bowl week. It's bowl week. We've got got an exciting guest that we'll bring on almost immediately to talk about some of the uh, players who have declared for the NFL draft. You can probably guess who that is. It's Locked On Syracuse. Starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine, and Max Chadwick with you here on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. We hope you had a Merry Christmas. We hope you had a Happy Hanukkah. Uh, The holiday season nearly over here. Uh, But, hey, we skipped the Monday episode right on to the Tuesday app. Chadwick in the building with us today. How you doing, Max? I'm doing awesome, guys. Bull week, uh, something that is very rare to say if you're a Syracuse football fan. So you got to enjoy it when it happens. And uh, yeah, it's happening this year. So I'm very excited for that pinstripe bowl on Thursday. Heck yes, brother. Um, we are talking declarees for the draft today on Locked On Syracuse. Uh, we've got, of course, Garrett Williams. I mean, the biggest name, perhaps, Devon Cooper. Uh, Matthew Bergeron and of course Sean Tucker uh, you know we've got a lot to talk about let's start with Devon Cooper is he going first round uh, no he, Devon Cooper's not going first round I hate, I hate the shots I hate the immediate shots that we're taking at Devon Cooper right now nobody out there is going to think I'm serious about that which is no, funny yeah to me. even Devon Cooper uh, but let's, had a good, in had all a good chuckle out of that <laughs> in all seriousness let's uh, let's talk about Sean Tucker because he is the right. biggest name coming out of Syracuse some conversation about whether or not he was going to go in the first round before this year. And then as the year began, it was like, he could still be second round. And now as it's wrapped up, I think there's a debate about whether he's a second round back, he's a third round back or a fourth round back. Where do you see him? Yeah. I always thought the first round talk was a little much, especially because running backs, like there's one first round running back this year, in my opinion, that's B. John Robinson. Even him, I would take in the back half of the first round. And he's like, the best running back prospects in Saquon Barkley. So you got to be like ultra, ultra, ultra special in order to be uh, worthy of a first-round selection. I don't think Sean Tucker is that. However, I do think he's a top-five running back in this draft class, and I do think he'll end up being a day-two pick. Now, he might be a second-round pick if, if someone pulls a trigger. I personally would not pull the trigger that high if I'm, if I'm an NFL team. Um, I, I think he's probably got the best combination of size and speed in the NFL draft among running backs. But other than that, it's not a lot. He's not really a great uh, creative runner. He's not going to make a lot of juke moves, go horizontal on you. He's not a great receiver out of the backfield either. I think that Sean Tucker is, again, he, he's a monster at 205 pounds. He's absolutely shredded. He can run in like the low four threes were some rumors. So, again, size, speed, burst, all excellent, probably the best in the class. But 
outside of that, he doesn't bring too much to the table. Plus, he had a disappointing year this year, too. So I would personally say third round, I would go Sean Tucker. But maybe someone takes him in the second round, although I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think this is right the, the reflection of the season he had. I, expectations were as high as can be coming into the season, right? The, a record-breaking single-season rushing season for, for Tucker last year, and you're expecting him to return and have that same type of pure dominance that, that he was able to have with a weak O-line last year. And, you know, the O-line still struggling this year, but he seemed to struggle a lot more with that. And I don't know if it's a reflection of the different offense and changing things, but I would assume that, you know, when you've got an offense that that shift happens and you're actually taking a lot of attention off of you in, in being able to throw the ball a lot more effectively and have some success through the air, you should be able to have a little bit more relative success on the ground because defenses can't hone in as directly on you. And you weren't able to see that success out of him. There was a mild conversation, not really warranted. I thought it a little bit occasionally of would he stay? Is there ever a chance yeah. that he comes back? But I mean, we talk about it all the time and never do we get through that chat without referencing you and your thoughts that the running back lifespan is yeah. way too short if you are in Sean Tucker's shoes to, to take that risk and try and go at it for one more year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. He needed to declare. I think he made the right move there. Uh, and like you guys mentioned, like he just he's not in the mold of NFL running backs now. Like he's a runner. He's a running running back um, in all, every sense of the word. And you know he's had seventy three catchable passes in his career. And he's dropped ten of them. So he's had a fourteen percent drop rate in his career, which is very high. So he's just not a guy who's going to contribute much on passing downs. And he's not a guy who's going to you know juke a lot of guys out or make or make something happen. Like he's a north south guy. He's going to hit you. Um, and you know, he's gonna be difficult to tackle, but he's not a guy who's gonna juke you out of your shoes or anything like that. So, again, size, speed, burst, all great, but other than that, not really bringing too much to a backfield. Yeah, and I keep wondering about what his NFL career will be like. I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that he will be there, but I just don't know how long he'll be there. I can't see, like, I don't know necessarily that he's a generational running back or anything. Mm-mm. Um, He's a fantastic college back, but I just don't know if I foresee him being great uh, at the pro level. Yeah, I, I think he'll be a starting NFL running back. I, I agree with you. I don't know if he'll be much more uh, than that. I think he kind of needs a really good offensive line um, in order to develop well. And I just, again, he's not fitting the mold of the future NFL running back in terms of receiving ability, in terms of, you know, being able to go horizontally. Like he's a north south runner. I keep saying that, but. He's a guy that, you know, you're just going to be giving a heavy workload to, and he's going to grind out the tough yards and can be a great goal line back. Um, and I think we'll get a lot of touchdowns for fantasy purposes too because of that. But other than that, like, I think he's a good running back. I think he'll be a good running back in the NFL. I don't think he'll be a superstar though. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, 100%. And like, I just, you know, the, when you look at some of the more successful backs right now uh, and what they're doing in the NFL, it has a lot to do with, as you were saying, you know, being able to, be contributors in the passing game and get out and move. And, you know, you see McCaffrey do it as good as anybody and just being mm-hmm. able to be so multifaceted in the way he's able to get his yards. And it, it really is a success model and something that a lot of backs are, are working to emulate and a lot of teams are working to to emulate being able to to find guys that they can utilize in that type of role. And as you said, with the drop rate, I didn't even realize that was – 
you know, yeah, that's, that's I didn't a, know that. That's either. a terrible number yeah. uh, and really concerning. And I know like Derrick Henry early in the year dropped like two or three passes and everyone was, you know, going nuts on him. Mm-hmm. And Sean Tucker is is in that same boat of dropping passes. And I'll tell you what, Sean Tucker is by no means the same back by any caliber that Derrick Henry is in terms of making up for drops. Uh, so definitely something that is of concern. But I, I think you nailed it and, you know, both of you talking through this with he is a guy that you will see uh, how long we're not really sure, how effective, not really sure. But he is a guy that I think everybody is anticipating will be a runner. And whether it's not starting, it will be shared carries, and he will be involved uh, in whatever team he, he ends up with uh, unless, you know, something unforeseen is, is happening or we realize something in the next what, nine months before next NFL season starts up uh, with regards to Tucker. Yeah, I think, and again, he's like, he's a weird guy because he feels like a power back, but he's only 205 pounds, which is really not that big for a running back. So I think yeah, he's I, got, I, he should commit to like more more weight and like get up to 220, 225 and become like a power back and could also can run past you too. I was going to, I was going to bring that up that in my head, he's a power back, but at the same time in my head, he's a little bit undersized. He's uh, the same so weight as Christian McCaffrey. Like he's, yeah. he's as but big it doesn't as look McCaffrey like it on the is. field. He just looks yeah. smaller. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely something that, uh, I, I think would be really important for him at the next level is to just get bigger. And of course that's mm-hmm. huge for everybody. When you get in an NFL locker room and weight room, things are different, but you mm-hmm. know, well, we'll see. Um, but I think we're all in, in, you know, agreement that we think he's a third round guy mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but you know, some people out there think we're dumb and think he's a second round back <laughs> at the latest. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, let's Jim take Brown. a quick break. <laughs> yeah. He's Jim Brown. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk to you on the other side about the other guys. But first, this one's brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. It's very easy. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, back here on Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. He's Max Chadwick. Oh, I went the wrong way with that point. I tried. Um, we're here. This is a 30-minute long chat with Chadwick. So the, the chat with Chadwick fans out there, I mean, this is like their Christmas. Um <laughs> So this is very exciting. Um, but let's talk about the next man up in this conversation. I think it's Matthew Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a guy who has had such a crazy timeline at Syracuse from being a no-name kid who got shoved into the spotlight, the starting role at yep. right tackle, because Ryan Alexander up and left the team in the middle of 2019. They had to throw somebody in there, and it was Matthew Bergeron, a true freshman. Or maybe he's a redshirt freshman. I can't quite remember. Um, but he was fantastic. 
at, at the end of that season, came in the next year and slowly solidified himself as the best player on that offensive line and was that for at least his last two years uh, on Syracuse. He is a really, really fantastic player, one that definitely has NFL uh, potential. How does PFF view him, Max? We love him. And here's the thing. We really like him. I would say he's a third-round guy. He will be taken in the second round, and there has been a lot of smoke that he like teams love him, and he might even sneak into that first round and become Syracuse's first first-round pick since 2013 with Sean, uh, Justin Pugh. So I, I really like him. I think he's an excellent, excellent, excellent pass protector. Uh, he's such a really smooth guy. He's got a really good anchor as well. And something that my, uh, my coworker, Mike Renner, is the lead draft analyst at PFF, and he has him as the number nine offensive tackle right now and a top 100 player. Something he said is like, hey, you know, a lot of times you talk about, oh, SEC, Big Ten competition, like all of that. ACC, in terms of edge defenders, is pretty elite. So this Matthew Bergeron went up against a lot of amazing players Jared Verse at Florida State. He's probably a top 20 pick. Uh, Yasir yeah. Abdullah from Louisville. Yaya Diaby from Louisville. Miles Murphy going to be a top 10 pick from Clemson. Isaiah Foskey maybe a first-round pick from Notre Dame. Uh, Habakkuk Baldonado, your guy Bones, from, from Pitt. He's a monster. Like, Matthew Bergeron's played a lot of amazing players uh, in the ACC, and he has 12 pressures allowed on 392 pass-blocking snaps. So he has been a dominant pass protector over his career. Now, the issue is is that he's not a great run blocker right now. You know, there's a lot of times where he's playing off balance and all that. But in the NFL, the most important thing for an offensive lineman is pass protection. Like, you can be murdering guys in the run game all you want, but in a league where you're throwing the ball on most of your plays, you got to be able to hold up in pass protection. And Bergeron can very much do that right now. So, listen, he might sneak into that first-round talk um, or second – I think he'll be a second-round pick, honestly, but he might even sneak into that first round – I probably maybe go third round with him only because, you know, he's still got to work a lot on his run blocking, but he's a guy that I know a lot of people are falling in love with in this draft cycle. Yeah, Max. I mean, you talk about how long it's been, first of all, since Syracuse has had, you know, first round pick in Justin Pugh, but that's also the last, you know, player on the line that, that Syracuse mm-hmm. has had drafted. So it would be sort of this cool little full circle moment. If you know, the, the rankings and the ideas surrounding him continue on this path that, that you might be able to have that, that full circle moment where your you know, past two first round picks are, are going to be on the line there. And, and something that would be, would be kind of fun uh, and living up to the success of Pew and, you know, his career has been very solid. Uh, and so what I look at in here and, you know, I don't think it necessarily lands all the time for me, the talent that he has faced this year uh, and the consistent, especially through the ACC slate, the the consistent, you know, defenses and, and strong players and top players on opposing defenses that he more than holds his own against. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that uh, I take for granted sometimes when I, when I look at the O-line as a whole and some of the struggles that they had this year uh, that he, you know, hand up. I, I didn't give him enough credit throughout the season. And and now it's time to to make up for some of that credit and give him those props that that maybe I was not as generous with throughout the season. But now that we're looking at this a little bit more maybe objectively, less opinion based and, and starting to see sort of where this falls in terms of NFL draft possibilities, you know, he he really has been nothing short of outstanding this season. Yeah, Bergeron has been uh, the absolute man, and he, I think, deserves a lot of credit. Although you did say 
Uh, and I agree that he's got to work on that run blocking, probably the biggest thing that's holding him back. Um, but he has been a reason that Sean has been successful, uh, not only because of his play, but because he's the leader of that line. And mm-hmm. when I talked to him preseason uh, about who are the new guys, he talked about Enrique Cruz, a kid who's going to be really important for Syracuse and a kid that I think is probably trying to uh, you know, model his game after what Bergeron did. Uh, so there's definitely uh, some leadership capabilities that definitely come with the name Matthew Bergeron. But you said he's ninth on PFF's board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I he's going to play in the Senior Bowl, right? Yep. Yeah, that's gonna be huge How much, for him like, too. Yeah. So you think that's going to be huge for him? Yeah, it's always a good thing. I think for those guys, you know, there's some guys where I say don't play in the Senior Bowl. Like if you're a guaranteed top 25 pick or whatever, you probably don't want to do that because you can only hurt your stock at that point. He's a guy who I think could really be a riser at, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, if he has a really good week there. So that is a guy who I'm very excited to see at the senior bowl. And yeah, I mean, for him, that's gonna be a fantastic week. And it's just funny that, you know, you talk about Justin Pugh and on the next first round pick potentially is another offensive lineman. Like that is shocking to me considering how bad Syracuse offensive line has been over the last few years. And he's like literally the only bright spot on that offensive line has been Matthew Bergeron, but otherwise it's been a disaster. And yeah, I mean, he's really taken on that leadership role. And I, like I said, the senior bowl is going to be huge for him and really could elevate him into first-round talks. All right, let's take another quick break. This one brought to you by the NHTSA. And uh, let me take you through a little scenario here. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks, a few too many, uh, I might add. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, maybe some Irish goodbyes in there, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. You lose your license. That would be a pain. You lose your job. Now that that's that's bad. You total your car. You kill someone. Now you're in the slammer and <laughs> someone's dead. <laughs> Can't laugh, Max. This is a very serious. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now. Whenever you're listening to this, I guarantee you there are at least one police officer out on your streets right now looking for impaired drivers on those roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I've been working on these, and that was definitely the first time Max has heard one. Listen, I, goof I was, thinking, halfway I was through. thinking about driving drunk after this podcast is over, but after that, I'm I'm, I'm all good now. I think <laughs> I, I'm going to hold off. You don't want to end up in the slammer. All right? I, I, hope, I hope I don't. Owen likes my ad libs that I throw in there. That was I, I did. I liked the Irish goodbye comment. That was a good. That was good. I, yeah. I knew I'm you'd appreciate king of that. that. I love the <laughs> Irish I'm, goodbye. I'm just trying to get people to be serious about this, and Max is over here giggling. And I was know, surprised. <laughs> it just came out of right. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. All right, that speaks to everything that's going on there. All right, last player that we're talking about here because we already got to Devon Cooper. Uh, let's talk Garrett Williams, uh, the heart and soul of Syracuse's defensive back unit. He has declared for the NFL draft, did so quite a while ago after getting hurt out for the season after the Notre Dame game. Um, very sad that he didn't get to finish 
his career in orange on the field. But at the same time, you know, he was a guy that got hurt a lot uh, and it was always kind of banged up. So can't say I'm entirely surprised. How do you guys look at Garrett Williams over there at pro football focus? Yeah, uh, we definitely like him a lot. And Mike Renner, the lead draft analyst, uh, is a big fan of him. Currently still has him as a top 40 player on his big board, which is the highest of any Syracuse player, honestly. And, you know, before the season, before he got hurt, honestly, if you ask me, hey, who's the one guy who can become that first first rounder since Justin Pugh? And I would probably would have said Garrett Williams. And unfortunately, now with his knee injury, probably not going to be able to participate in the combine or even his, his pro day or his senior bowl or anything like that either. Uh, actually, I don't think he's eligible for senior bowl, but – Garrett Williams, man, he was a guy that never really – he's supremely talented, which is why we have him as a top 40 player, but never really fit in the Syracuse defense. Like, it's just not – it was, wasn't – his scheme wasn't really designed for him. Uh, he's a guy with pretty good length at corner, a guy who's you know, should excel in press man coverage. And Syracuse never plays press coverage. Like, they always play him in off coverage. So, he's kind of like fitting a square peg in a round hole in that Syracuse defense. So, I don't think – I don't think the player that you saw at Garrett at Syracuse is the player that you'll see at the NFL. He seems like one of those guys that will go in the NFL and be better in the NFL than you ever was in college. And you have a lot of Syracuse fans saying, where was this at Syracuse? Don't get me wrong. You're still a very good player at Syracuse, but I think he's a guy who I have even higher expectations for in the NFL than I do at college, just because I don't think that the Syracuse defense really fit him really well, but he's ultimately, I think going to be a day two guy, unfortunately, because of this injury, when I think, Maybe before that, if he has a really good pro day, really good combine, maybe he could have snuck into the first round. But now I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Yeah, he's, you know, he was fun to watch. But I, I think you're right in, in looking at, you know, his fit in the three three five and the schemes and the, the, you know, just the approach that, that Syracuse took in his time here. And I, I think that this is, at least for me, like I, I look at this now and I see him you know, wherever he falls, but regardless, heading out, going to the draft, being drafted, Deuce is gone mm-hmm. via the transfer portal, Jihad gone via the transfer portal. And right now I look at Syracuse, which has the recent DBU title. Maybe that hasn't made its way nationally, but at least in <laughs> local town, um, the DBU title. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty, it's it's still alive, but it's barely breathing. To, uh, to quote the script there, um, there it's it's not great at the moment. And, and you're going to have, right, it's cool, right, another recent defensive back draftee, uh, NFL talent caliber player, right? But it's – I don't know where the next is. And they, they've pulled some transfers in, and this is, you know, a full tangent. Uh, and, and they've got, you know, Jaden Gould and Jaden Bellamy yep. coming in. I don't know if they're at – the DBU caliber that I want them to be at. Uh, and so I, I sort of see with Deuce and Jihad gone and Garrett headed to the NFL, this sort of is the end. And yeah. I don't want it to be because it was fun. It's nice <laughs> to see that success, that defensive prowess, right? But it's the answer, the continuity of DBU, and I wanted it. I really, really wanted it to be my man, Jeremiah Wilson. I don't know if it is. Um, but I I wanted the defensive back university at Syracuse to continue. And I, I do think this is the temporary, the temporary funeral for DBU. 
I don't know. Be really critical. Come out. We didn't dog. think we didn't think Jihad Carter was going to be as good as he was going to be. Isaiah Johnson could be really good. Jeremiah Wilson could be really good. I, I wouldn't, you know, put out the Viking funeral on the lake already. I mean, there there's some there's some time for these guys to get a lot better. Is it a different situation? Sure, because Garrett came onto the scene in 2020 and he was the only good thing about the team um, besides Sean. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but I think that there's definitely still a lot of talent there. Jason Simmons is still a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of talent uh, in the defensive back unit. So I, I wouldn't be so pessimistic about it yet. They, those guys are going to have to put in a lot of work to keep it alive. But um, I still have hope. Yeah. Hey, Max, remember that one time that Garrett Wilson picked off Trevor Lawrence? That was awesome. And Geo Williams. Remember Geo Williams, WA Sports Talk's biggest fan? Geo Williams, his dad. I'm going to yes. miss that. I'm going to miss Geo Williams. Yeah. I'm going to miss Geo. Uh, but he's not an NFL dad now. So NFL teams, you know, Geo Williams be your number one fan. I'm, I'm very excited about it. He's the dad of the year in my book. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, like Owen said, I to me, the Garrett Williams news was like, okay, like he should do that. The one that killed me was Deuce Chestnut. Deuce Chestnut, I think. I mean, I, I put out a top 25 transfer port players in the transfer port for PFF. Deuce Chestnut was in the top 10, man. I, he's a stud, stud corner. And that was a brutal loss for Syracuse. Jahad Carter, very good player as well. Very underrated player. Another big loss. But like you mentioned, Bones, I mean, Jaden Gold, I, I have high hopes for at Nebraska. He's a, he's a highly ready recruit coming out. Um, he's got a few years left. Jaden Bellamy, I also have uh, some pretty optimistic for. But yeah, I agree. I kind of agree with both of you, which I hate to say, but like I do agree with Owen that like it it, it took a hit. Like the 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 sure. secondary sure. is taking a massive hit. I think Deuce Chestnut is honestly the well. Biggest you'd be loss surprised. You'd be surprised, Max, that a lot of Syracuse fans don't think losing Deuce is a big deal. I think it's a huge deal. I, think I it's do too. I think it's a big deal. Loss. But people I think it's bigger than saying, Garrett. Oh, he got burned a lot. Get the. I think I think it's the biggest loss of the team, honestly. If you look <laughs> yeah, at Bergeron, you look at uh, all of the players. I think Deuce is the biggest loss of the team. He's been a fantastic corner in both of his first two years of college, and so I am. I think that was a big loss. He's a good player. Um, all right, well, that's all the time we have on Lockdown Syracuse today, Max. Thank you for joining us. We'll probably see you later this week to talk about the Pinstripe Bowl mm. and give some predictions about that. But for now, thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Now make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around sports in 20 minutes. That's Lockdown Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you later.